It was a Sunday morning. I remember towards the end of July. So it was that opening worship. The room was still kind of chaotic. People are getting settled. And I remember so clearly in that moment and that song, first song, I had a moment where the Lord spoke to me in an audible voice. First time in my life, I have had moments where I've sensed things from him, where he has shown me pictures of things, but it was the first time that I really heard his voice. And unfortunately, what I heard from him was he said, Amber, you're storing up grievances. And, you know, you'd think when you hear hear the voice of the Lord for the first time, you would be like, yes, Lord. But I'm going to tell you the truth. My first response to him was, "Um, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not storing up grievances. What are you talking about? (laughs) He repeated it and he said, Amber, you're storing up grievances. And it is building a wall between you and I. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello. Altered Stories Show listeners, this is Michelle saunders Sketch, your Chief Storyteller host. Welcome to the Altered Stories Show, Episode 62, Amber's Inner Healing Journey, God's Story. Friends, I hope you are enjoying your August month and are staying healthy. I also hope you've been enjoying the God Stories I've been sharing with you. If there is one that has really resonated with you and has made a difference in your life, I would love to hear from you. So please reach out. Today, friends, I'm going to get to the point here of this great story. I'm super excited to bring to the mic a special guest from the Kansas City area who is also an Altered Stories Ministry volunteer and our social media management consultant. And her name is Amber Wyrock. I was blessed to meet Amber when we connected to chat about a volunteer position that was open within Altered Stories Ministry. Amber is also the talented designer of the Altered Stories Ministry logo and podcast cover art. She has also helped me create my consulting services marketing brochure and is also helping me raise funds for Altered Stories Ministry through her One Hope Wine cause-based business. She is a girl mom of three and is married to her best friend, Ben, for 16 years this coming January. And she is the owner operator of Socially Inspired Management. She has her BS in psychology from Kansas State University and her master's of arts in counseling from the Mid-American Nazarene University. She is one accomplished lady. Good afternoon, Amber, and welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's exciting to be on this side of Altered Stories and get a chance to do this. Well, I'm just really thrilled. I know you've just come back from camping with your family. A lot going on this summer. I'm sure you get your gals ready to start school coming up. That's a big undertaking, I bet. 
that feels really a little bit daunting, but we've really embraced this summer, you know, after last summer feeling like there was so much we couldn't do, we've kind of just done all the things, which has been amazing, but also a little exhausting. So I'm hoping the next couple of weeks we can recuperate and be ready for the school year to start. Yeah. Boy, it's upon us quickly. Well, so thank you again for being my guest. Is there anything, Amber, that you would like to share about yourself that I haven't? I'm going to ask you a few questions just so the audience can get to know you, but Sometimes I like to give my guests the opportunity to share things about who they are that maybe I haven't yet. I, oh man, I think, you know, you hit on, I'm a girl mom and I feel like that's such a huge factor of my life at this point. I have a 14 year old daughter, a 11 year old daughter and a 10 year old daughter. So it's busy, but I think maybe something that might be helpful as we go into this conversation is for the listeners to know that I actually just in March left a almost 11 year career as a, um, in vocational ministry. And that was a really big shift as I left something that had been, um, just the lifeblood of not just myself, but my family and moved into a new season of life. I don't necessarily think that God is done with that part of my ministry, but for the time being, you know, he's moved me into a new place. So I'm very much in a new place myself over the last few months, a new part of my journey and kind of figuring out what that looks like. So you know, I wonder how many people listen to this and they find themselves either at a crossroads or facing a brand new leg of their journey. And I want to just maybe offer a word of encouragement to those people. Like it's hard and it can be scary at times, but God's got this. He's got you. Yes. And so how is your family kind of come alongside you in supporting this transition in, you know, what you're doing to go from ministry and leadership in ministry. And then what you're doing now as an entrepreneur you know, and volunteering for Altered Stories Ministry and getting on a podcast and doing your own YouTube channel. And I mean, there's a lot involved in that. Yes. You know, when I first uh, went to my husband back at the beginning of the year and I said, hey, I, I feel like God is leading me away from this, that he's bringing this chapter to a close. I will be honest. My husband's first reaction was what, (laughs) you know, we had just, this was not just my career. It was our lifestyle. You know, we, I spent hours at the church. My kids were there all the time. They had all been raised as pastor's kids. It just was, it was definitely a 180 for him and his mind. But as he joined me in prayer and um, we really both sought what was next? He, he was like, okay, it doesn't necessarily make sense. There's not a sensical, okay, we're leaving for this job or anything like that. But he has been so, my husband's been so supportive and truthfully, since that time, we have really seen God's favor. He, we've seen God's favor on us because we stepped out in a place of obedience. Yes. Well, that's really encouraging, especially to the listeners today that are, you know, looking at making that change. And it is scary. I can tell you from my own experience, going from being in 
you know, a role in a ministry faith-based that was, you know, been a long time, you know, that has been sound and stable and all those things to jumping into a startup and then trying to move that forward and especially not having, I guess, the the full platform yet. Like so many, although I'm not alone because there's so many Christian podcasters out there now and they're just, man, they're just going at it or business podcasters or whatever. But the podcast was not the, not the only thing that is part of what Altered Stories Ministry is, is all about. But still, you know, it was very different than what I had been doing in program, project management, IT management services, governance, all those things, and no money. <laughs> it's like, no, no money, right? Right. I mean, not a lot of it. So I, I think that was probably the most alarming. It's not, you know, ministry, you're not necessarily making, you know, my husband was like, we're going to just eliminate your paycheck. Oh, okay. <laughs> It was definitely a little jarring from that perspective. But God is so faithful, right? And he's been, I mean, he is providing in so many ways and has for me too. So, you know, it's not for everyone to do that. And obviously you've got to have some planning and as you can, but, you know, you have to step out in obedience sometimes. And, you know, I honor that. And I think God honors that too. So I appreciate you sharing part of that journey. I would just love to know a little bit about your counseling background because you got a master's of art in counseling. So yes. was that used when you were in ministry? Did you use that a lot? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny. I finished my degree in 2008. I came out of doing my uh, practicum and was ready to sit for my exam. And I will be honest, I felt like, I just felt like that, that I maybe wasn't supposed to go down that path of actually, you know, opening up a practice and, you know, and it's funny, all of these things, we're going to get to some of my inner healing story. All of these things are intermingled, intermingled, right? There's nothing really separate, but ultimately, you know, this is an example of, you know, I had an idea of what my career path should look like. And it wasn't that I was so far off base, but I wasn't really in step with where the spirit was leading me. And so when I finished my degree, I was actually in ca- working in case management at the time for the state of Missouri and loved working and supporting individuals that were in need. But I knew that wasn't necessarily my long-term career path. And it was shortly after that, that I moved into my full-time ministry role. Now, certainly during that role, um, there was plenty of um, pastoral counseling. Um, I did premarital counseling, some of those kinds of things. I was not a licensed setting up my own practice practice mm-hmm. counselor. I was doing it more through the church as a pa- more pastoral ministry-based counseling. Okay. Well, I think that's very interesting and it's very honorable. And I know Mid-American Nazarene University is a great university. And I've definitely met several women from Kansas who have graduated from that. And I know a lot of different people who attend the church, the Nazarene church, the church in the Nazarene, even back in Colorado. So 
you know, it's a denomination. Is that right, Amber? Yes. Okay. Okay. It is it. Okay. Now, so I want to ask you this too. You're a Kansas girl, you know? Oh man. Some of the most beautiful gals come out of Kansas and you (laughs) are one included, but I want to ask you. So what is it like to grow up in Kansas? I mean, you've been here, you said you're pretty much your whole life, right? Say for a couple of years, you know, it's funny as a kid, you think it is kind of the most tragic existence ever, right? (laughs) To live. (laughs) It's not, it's not glamorous. It's not super exciting. It's kind of like, as a kid, you think this is the most tragic, like, how is this my life? And I can't wait to get out of here. And then to be really honest, you have kids and you realize how beautiful of a place this is, how wonderful of a community community we are in, how um, I love the seasons. Like there's all of these things. And while still sometimes my heart, I love Colorado. I love the ocean. I could deal. There's this part of me that I will be a Kansas girl at heart for the rest of my life, no matter where I'm at. So it is funny how your perspective on it shifts from childhood and adolescence into adulthood. And you start being like, oh, this is a really, housing is affordable. School districts are wonderful. (laughs) There's four seasons, you know, there's all of these factors that you think are just as a kid, you don't think about. And as an adult, you think, wow, this is a pretty nice place. (laughs) Well, and I, have lived here now going on four years and people were like, you're going from Colorado to Kansas. Why would you do that? You know? And, and I'm like, well, God has called me to move to this community. My husband had a job offer. My granddaughter now lives here. My daughter, I mean, there was a lot of reasons, but there's things about when you, you go to a new area, you know, that God just really begins to open your mindset and learn to appreciate, right? The different things that you're moving, you know, forward in your life into. And I can tell you, Kansas has the most beautiful sunsets I've ever seen. Oh, oh, I mean, I I mean, I, I just, oh, sometimes my jaw drops and um, I've seen you know, the, there's so much in the community and there's so much support in the community. And some of the best schools are here too, right? I mean, there is so much um, around the community in this area too that I found um, supportive and welcoming and accepting here too. And like you said, the houses you know, are definitely, although they're going up and going up and going up and going up. I don't know. I think everybody's figuring it out. Right now, I'm not sure it's that affordable, but at some point it was. I know, but it's, people are, you know, they care about their homes. They care about their kids. There's a lot of different things that are positive um, here, other than just being a flyover place. And it's not that far and it's the Midland or the heart of America, right? They just had some big rally in Lebanon, Kansas. I mean, this is like a big deal, 
you know, you can get almost, you can get a lot of places within an eight hour drive. Like that's the nice part about Kansas. We've done quite a few road trips and, you know, you can get quite a few places in a one day drive. So, and lots of lakes, lots of lakes, lots of hikes, lots of different things too. And the shopping. I mean, so there is a lot that God is, you know, has of course shown me too in the years, but I wanted to ask you that you being a Kansas gal. So thank you. Ever and ever. <laughs> oh, well, I had to just ask it. So thank you for sharing that. But now moving forward, Amber, um, I want to ask you, I know when you and I communicated about, you know, your support of altered stories and you and I've talked numerous times around the power of story and why it's so important. But I always ask my guests, why do you think sharing stories are so important? So why do you think sharing stories are so important? What have you found in your life or in that way? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is I have found that storytelling is a weapon. It's a weapon against the enemy. The enemy will work so hard to convince you that you are alone, that you are isolated, that you are the only one experiencing what you are going through. And when we step outside of that belief, or when we break agreement with that lie, and we are willing to be vulnerable and share our story, it starts breaking down the enemy's pretense or his, his, his battle plan, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we discovering that we are not alone, that we are not the only one going through this, that we are not the only one experiencing, whether it's the exact situation or just the experiencing the emotions that we're going through. And I think that what I've really learned through storytelling is that it is a weapon. It is a weapon that we have because it is a God-given story. So it's a weapon from him that we have to wield against the enemy. Wow, that's really cool. Um, I've heard a lot of different perspectives on it, but mm-hmm. what you're sharing is so true. And mm-hmm. I think people can't negate the story. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They can't negate it. I mean, they may not like it. That's fair. <laughs> or they may not, you know, they might go, well, that's her or, you know, him and not me. But you know what? God uses stories. Jesus in the Bible was always teaching um, and used illustrations and stories and the parables, of course. Um, I really relate a lot better, too, when I hear a story. Um, I think it's really powerful. So it is a great it is a great weapon. And that's why we're going to continue to encourage women to step up and be bold and not allow we are empowered through his spirit to speak that truth and i think that you know sometimes our stories the things that we've gone through would almost work to do the opposite or we would let them do the opposite where it, we think oh i'm i'm not able to speak into that because this is what i've gone through or this is what i've dealt with but actually it's the opposite our story and the authority that we have on the other side of it is actually something that God is empowering us to share and empowering us to carry forth and to to help see other people 
come to freedom. Yes. And that's so cool. I love that. So thank you for sharing that. So, you know, Amber, we've talked a lot about a lot of different things, but you know, the point of you coming on the show is so you can share with my listeners your God story. So Amber, where does your inner healing journey, God's story begin? I, I was thinking about this. You sent me those questions and I was like, did it start in January? Did it start in July? And it doesn't really matter probably. <laughs> so I was going through a really, I was, it was in a rough spot. Uh, I was having, I, I hate to use the term crisis of faith, but just this moment where I was kind of crying out to God. And I was like, is this it? Is this, is this it? Is this all there is? Is this what this is? You know, is, is my journey in ministry? Is my journey with you? Is this, it just felt like it had reached that really dry place to the point where I had gone to my lead pastor, my boss, and I had said, I, I need a break. I had been in ministry at that point for almost eight years, um, full-time ministry. And I was like, I, I'm tired. I am burnt out. I'm fatigued. I need a break. And they were so gracious and they were like, take it. What do you need? How can we support you? They were wonderful in that. Um, so over the month of July in 2018, I took time away from my full-time ministry position. I, um, went on a long vacation with my kids and my husband. We did like a long um, road trip through Colorado and Arizona. We, you know, hiked and did amazing things. I had other time to just study and be in the word and really try to rejuvenate. And honestly, that time was beautiful and it was restful. But I remember coming back from that experience and people at the church saying, what did you hear from the Lord? (laughs) What did you hear from him? What is he telling you? What are you supposed to do next? And I'm going to tell you, Michelle, I was like, I don't know if I heard anything (laughs) like I'm rested. And that was awesome. And I feel so good to have just had some time to like rest and turn it off. Right. But I didn't necessarily come back with this, like, and this is what the Lord told me kind of moment. And man, I remember coming back and feeling like, okay, did I do this break? Right. Did I do it right? Am I, did I, what happened there? And then it was shortly after I had returned to work. It was a Sunday morning. I remember um, in July, towards the end of July, we were sitting in the first, our church did uh, two songs to open for worship. And then we did two at the end. So it was that opening worship The room was still kind of chaotic. People are getting settled. And I remember so clearly in that moment, in that song, first song, I don't remember what the song was, but I had a moment where the Lord spoke to me in an audible voice. First time in my life, I have had moments where I've sensed things from him, where he has shown me pictures of things, but it was the first time that I really heard his voice. And unfortunately, what I heard from him was he said, Amber, you're storing up grievances. And, and, you know, you'd think when you hear hear the voice of the Lord for the first time, you would be like, yes, Lord, (laughs) but I'm going to tell you the truth. My first response to him was, um, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not storing up grievances. What are you talking about? (laughs) And he repeated it. And he said, Amber, you're storing up grievances and it is building a wall between you and I. Now, 
at that moment, I, I knew it was true. Like in my spirit, I knew it was true. And I was like a bundle of nerves until waiting until we reached the point in our service where our prayer team was available. And as soon as that happened, I went to our prayer pastor, my good friend, Deb, and I was like, I need to talk to you. (laughs) And I immediately shared with her and she prayed over me. And it was a, it was a wonderful moment of recognition of me realizing it was like, you know, you have, you can't start getting better in any healing, physical, spiritual, emotional, until you just recognize that there's something broken. Right. And so it was a wonderful moment of recognizing that there was something that needed to be addressed, but it was only the beginning this journey. After that, I actually met with Deb and walked through an inner healing prayer session where she really guided me in seeking out from the Lord for him to really share with me and tell me, you know, where, where do I need to be healed and what lies am I believing and where, where do I need to offer forgiveness? Where, where am I holding on to things that are not what you've asked me to hold on to? And, and through that, he really, um, through that prayer inner healing prayer session, he really started to show me that this was something that I had just slowly been building a wall, like brick by brick, circumstance by circumstance. And I was thinking that that wall was protecting me, right? That that was my protection. But in fact, it was blocking out the sunlight and blocking out my nutrients and making me sick spiritually sick. And he called me to a place of knocking down that wall, taking down that wall, dismantling that wall so that yes, I'm vulnerable, but also I can be close to him. That was that, like you asked me, that was a long answer to that very short question, but that was where that journey began was on that Sunday morning in July, when I heard from the Lord that I was storing up grievances. Yeah. Well, so let's go back to when you first became a Christian. So were you raised in a Christian home and found the Lord, you know, at church or became a Christian through Sunday school or what was your birth journey there? Yeah, my first my first spiritual experience um where I first gave my heart to Jesus was at a vacation Bible school. <laughs> I was probably 5. Um we lived in Arkansas at the time and um I remember going forward at vacation Bible school and very wholeheartedly just knowing I I need Jesus. I would say that from there until about 6th grade I was at a my the camp between sixth and seventh grade, and it was at the, in that experience that I had a moment. It felt like a true mo- like transformation moment where you know I really experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit, and so I don't not to discount my experience as a five year old. I believed I knew Jesus was real, and He had died on the cross for me, and He. And I needed him, but it wasn't really until that, you know, like pre-adolescent timeframe that I really started to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. 
but yes, I grew up in a Christian home. Okay. So the grievance, the grievances that you're, you're talking about, I mean, it's when you started going through your healing journey, which is very painful, it can be extremely when God prunes you. And did you embrace a counselor with you when you were doing that? Or how did you go about your, your journey? I have had, um, so as a, my own self, having gone through, you know, counts, a counseling program, um, I have had a counselor for many years. I don't necessarily see her all the time. Um, it's more of an off and on, but I am a huge advocate for, um, seeing a counselor, having talk therapy and really embracing that for me. In this particular case, I did seek spiritual counseling and really talking through that. But yes, the grievances. So when I was seven, my parents went through a divorce. When I had an opportunity to really seek the Lord on like, what is he showing me and where did this start? Um, That first one was that moment when my dad told me that they were getting a divorce. That first moment. And honestly, getting down to the, like the, the lie that, you know, the enemy is, he's a liar. (laughs) And the lie was that I had to protect myself, that my dad wasn't protecting me. Where's God in this, right? That's what the enemy wants us to believe. So Amber, you have to start protecting yourself. And I think that what really started, whether I knew it at seven or not, (laughs) it started this belief within me at my core that the only person who could protect me, the only thing that could protect me was me, not God, but me. And that core belief that making, when I made agreement with that, when I really took that on, it had started to lay a foundation for every single thing that came along that confirmed that I couldn't trust other people or trust humans. I just added an extra brick. Brick by brick, I built that wall. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And to have revelation and to hear God, he loved you so much. Oh, yes. That he audibly said to you, Amber, you've got grievances. And it's, it's, it's blocking your calling. It's blocking your future freedom and walking in freedom. And, I mean, that must have been incredible incredible experience. And then the work to sit down and reflect and really do the self-talk that, hey, I have all these barriers going Mm -hmm. on and how the enemy works in that. He Mm -hmm. starts out and, and you're vulnerable at such a young age. And you're not really understanding everything that was going on between your mom and dad and what transpired there, you know, and you're not mature enough either. You know, you're not spiritually mature enough yet. And so unless you sat down and talked to somebody, you know, or, I mean, did you find that that really affected a lot of other things in your life when you had those barriers or was it primarily self-protection or was it, you know, you said not trusting. So, I mean, was it in relationships with friends, relationships at church, relationships, you know, dating? I mean, how, how did that all pan out? 
Oh yeah. It, the, the, and you know, it's funny, it's not like it was surprising to me that there were trust elements in my life. Um, I, you know, at the point in 2008, or not in 2008, in 2018, when all of this happened, my husband and I had been married for 12 years, you know, and we'd been together for four years before that. So we, he's been in my life for a long time, but it was, we knew, and he knows that there had been these trust things that would just bubble up from time to time for no apparent reason, things that I didn't know was stemming from this unhealed wound that I had never even realized was there. And so, yeah, definitely um, the trust element, what it affected my relationship with my husband, it affected my relationship with friends. It affected my relationship with myself. Yeah. That's interesting. Even trust my own self in what I knew to be true. And let's, I mean, and ultimately it, affected my trust with my heavenly father. It affected my trust with him to be able to know that he is my protector and my provider. Yeah. So did you find that you made some of the choices that you were making, even though you were born again, Christian, and I'm assuming that you continued your journey of going to church, right? As you were growing up and going through college and, but did it affect your decisions because you had that trust issue and those barriers and even talked about, you know, how that affected your marriage and, you know, because you didn't really go through the healing process, but how else were you affected by that as you were growing up is what, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, it's interesting that you asked that. I don't know if I've really taken a ton of time to reflect on that. But I can see how, you know, you even asked me earlier if I had, if I was practicing as a counselor and I can see how, you know, I left my undergrad and my advisors were all telling me that I should, as a bachelor in psychology, that I should continue on and apply for graduate school. And they told me that I should apply not just for one graduate school, but multiple graduate schools. This is just their normal advice. It's not like it was just directed to me. Um, And I always knew, I can tell you, I can look back and I know that I knew that there was something else for me, but I finished my undergrad and everyone was telling me I should go to graduate school. So I did. Now I do not regret doing my master's in counseling at all. It was a, it has been a huge benefit to me. And I believe that God has used those skills. You know, that's the thing. God redeems the path. Right. So I'm not saying that he's like, well, that was a waste. Like he redeems all of that. But I, you know, it's funny, I've not really reflected on it until now, but I can look back and see that because of my lack of trust in him and my lack of trust in myself and and what I was, you know, experiencing, um, what I knew to be true, I know that there are decisions that I've made based on fear, based on distrust, based on my need to provide for myself, as opposed to fully surrendering to where he's leading me. Yes. There is purpose in why I asked that because I myself had a lot of um, self-protection having come out of some of the hard things and trust issues and those things. So there, you know, it just kind of escalates 
I'm so glad that you've gone through and worked on that from what you've shared and how God now is moving you forward in to new adventures and new yes. territory. And, you know, you're doing your socially inspired management, <laughs> right? Your social yes. media, a lot of creative things. And can I tell you what, if I had not walked through what I had walked through for the last three years, I when God, when I first started, first of all, I don't know if I would have recognized when God was saying it's time for the season to come to a close. I just don't know if I would have recognized it. I had over the last few years, I have really learned his voice and how he speaks to me. Secondly, I don't know if I would have trusted it. If he had said, I want you to leave your full-time ministry job. (laughs) I don't know if I would have trusted that that was actually him. I, I don't know if I would have trusted that if I left, I would be okay. And because of the journey that I've been on for the last few years, it doesn't mean that it made that decision easy. But when I heard from him, I knew, I knew it to be true because I have learned to trust and not just trust, but rely on his voice in my life. Yeah. You know, Amber, that's really hard. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm really commend what you have done there because I mean you can hear God's voice and then you can make every excuse not to want to you know make admission yeah right I mean especially when it involves pruning and healing and you know tough things in in reflection and change and you know all those things so I do believe that once you step out Mm -hmm. in obedience, as scary as it is, that God honors that. And when Mm -hmm. there's Holy Spirit leading and he just kind of encourages your steps as you go Mm -hmm. through that journey, whatever he's calling you to do in terms of like what we talked about is blessing on some of the work that you're doing now. And marriage, I'm sure from taking those steps has made a big, you know, difference and how God's opening up all this new territory now for you. And I mean, and it's great that you are willing now to, to be authentic and to share it and your journey with others. I mean, you're at a good point now to where you're able to do that, but that really blesses other people that are, you know, in that place of, oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. I've got to work through this trauma. I've got to work through these self-protection issues. I've got to work through, you know, why I'm acting this way and the anger management or, you know, all kinds of things that transpire when people go through, you know, difficult things and the brokenness, you know, the, the brokenness. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And also um, I'd love for you to share with my audience too, for those that are struggling, you know, right now and trying to discern, is it God, you know, what do I need to do? What with this um, journey of healing and 
you know, transformation and just what, what is it that you would recommend from your perspective? So I think there's a couple of things as you're learning God's voice. And this is something I walked through because I, I mean, if he had not spoken to me audibly, I don't know if I would have necessarily recognized that it was him speaking to me, Yeah, but he doesn't always speak to us audibly, right? There's so many that we hear from him. So if there's someone who's out there and they're like, I, I think I'm hearing from the Lord, but I don't know. Is that my voice? Is it just what I want? Or is that the enemy? And so I think there's a few things that you can do first and foremost, his word is our resource and is our tool and is our weapon. And so if you are sensing something or hearing, feel like you're hearing something from the Lord, go to the word. And if it, he will never violate his word. He will, his, his, what he says to you will never violate what he has told us in his word. So if you are thinking, okay, am I hearing right? Is this actually go to his word and see what he has said in there, because he has so many promises for you in there. And if those promises align with what he is saying to you, you can, you can confidently move forward with what he's saying to you. The other thing is find community. So one of the biggest things that helped me in the course of this healing journey was having, I mentioned our prayer pastor, Deb, she was a wonderful mentor and had walked out her own healing journey, which was obviously super helpful to me, but she was someone that when I was uncertain of what I was hearing or uncertain of what I was supposed to do next, she would come alongside me in prayer. She would come alongside me with wisdom and discernment and the gifts that the Holy spirit had given her. And those were, and not just her other people too, but especially her. And I think that if you find yourself in a place where you're like, I don't know what I'm hearing. Is this really it? Ask yourself, am I in the word? Am I seeking him in prayer? And am I in community? Because those three things, God has, he has actually put in place ways for you to have those. He wants you to be hearing from him through his word, through prayer and through other believers. And so I would, that's my biggest recommendation is make sure you're surrounding yourself in the way that you should. Is there a scripture that you want to share or maybe a praise and worship song or, you know, anything that helped you as you were going through your healing? So I don't know if I could pick a worship song. I, there are so many, and I love champion by Dante Bowie. I love talking to Jesus. The most recent one, oh, I, like yeah, that I one. I love that song. <sighs> oh, So I don't know, worship, I could give you like, I could give you a list, like 50 songs that were on my, just like my rotating through list. But I do, there is a passage that has, I'd always heard before, but it really became significant to me during this time. Um, Isaiah 61, three, where it talks about how he will give us beauty for ashes. He will give us oil of joy for mourning, and he will give us a garment of praise for heaviness. And this passage is so full of hope. It's a promise to us. Um, it is, it is him literally saying, this is what I have for you. This is what I will do for you. This is what I will give to you. But it also is a reminder in my mind because I cannot hold on to my ashes and my mourning and my heaviness. If I want to receive beauty and joy and praise. 
I can't hold on to those things. He said, I will give you this. So, so much of this healing journey is an exchange. It's me saying, I have this lie. I have this brokenness. I'm going to give this to you. What do you have for me in exchange? And I think that this passage continually draws me back to that place of saying, God, what are you calling me to hand over to you? What are you calling me to surrender to you? Because you have something better for me. And so I have it actually on my wall, beauty for ashes. I found this gorgeous print and I had to get it framed because it's a daily reminder of he has something better for me, but I have to release what I'm holding tightly to. I have to be willing to release. Yeah, that's so powerful. And it's scary. That journey is scary, but your evidence of what God has done. And I really appreciate you coming to the mic and sharing those encouraging words and being authentic. Because when when we are authentic, you know, we do have to make admission that we're per- not perfect people, right? Right. Even as Christians, right. I mean, there's wounds. You know, many, many mm. Christians have gone through difficult things and setbacks and disappointments. And, you know, we hold on to those things. And mm-hmm. it keeps us so, I guess, from being all that God has wanted us to be in terms of walking in freedom so we can be who he needs us to be as we continue to glorify him. So you definitely are bringing God glory through what it is that you're sharing. And I really thank you. So is there anything else that you want to share too, before we close? I think the only thing I would say is, you know, I called, you asked me what what my story would be. And I talked about how it was my healing journey and that's just it. It's a journey. I'm not, I'm not done. There's still things that he reveals to me or moments where he's like, Hey, let's, let's examine this. But different than before, when I felt like I was trying to do it on my own, he is with me every step of the way. So when we encounter something that feels painful or feels um, on the journey, as we're still walking this out, he's with me to say, okay, let's look at this. We can talk about this. You're safe. And I think that that is the difference, but I want to encourage people that having a moment like I did a healing moment is not the end of the journey. It's still a process that you're walking out. That is and so it may true. Feel long. Yeah. Yeah. That's really profound. And it's very important because you may think you're healed, and then something surfaces <laughs> and then it's like, Ooh, right. ouch. Oh, that one hurt. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the Holy spirit will check. It'll do a check in, in you and go, uh, maybe you better sit down and really talk to me about this. And you bring scriptures and all those things or bring people in your life. Or, you know, you, like you said, you're having a conversation with your mentor or, you know, people that you trust. So um, I love that. And I really do appreciate you taking the time and sharing your story. Amber, I know your story is, like you say, it's continuing your healing journey, but I do think this is going to bless many of the listeners that are, you know, going through those hard things. And I also 
friends want to let you know I'm going to have this episode up and available to listen on our website and other information about Amber. Um, and so you'll get to see more pictures of her family and just of, you know, details of what she's doing uh, right now, too, in her entrepreneurial journey. And then I also appreciate you following my show on Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcast platforms, and subscribing to the show. And do, do let us hear from you if this story has made a difference in your life, because we do want to know. And Amber would love to hear what she's done in today in terms of sharing her heart with you all and her wisdom and what God has done. So from an encouragement standpoint, and until the next show, friends, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org.